What's good, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Amatelica TIS podcast with your host, yours truly, Jai Shields. I'm sorry I couldn't hit up uh, you guys last week. Had a busy week last week with Father's Day and preoccupied with other stuff. Um, But I am here with you guys uh, today here on this Monday, uh, June 22nd. I hope all the fathers that listen to this show have a good Father's Day and a good Father's Day weekend. Happy belated Juneteenth to my uh, fellow members of the black community out there. And um, let's get it started uh, with Major League Baseball that really uh, both sides, the league and the Players Association, the players, Tony Clark, owners, Manfred, everybody has got their head in the sand. And I don't know about you, but it, but uh, on the 26th of June, which will be, which is, as a matter of fact, this upcoming Friday, a day before we will have Evan Cohen of CSXM Mad Dog Sports Radio and ESPN Radio West Palm Beach on the program. So stay tuned for that. But the day before we have Evan, a co-host of Morning Men on Sirius on, uh, it will have been officially three months since the MLB season was supposed to start if we did not have the coronavirus. And three months later, we still have no baseball. And July 4th, we probably won't have baseball. But that's not necessarily because of the coronavirus. That's because the Players Association, the owners, the players... Tony Clark and Commissioner Rob Manfred. They all feel like it is more important to bicker, to argue over money than doing what's best for the sport. They've been having nonstop negotiations for the past two months now. Nonstop negotiations. We'll play for this, this many games, prorated salary is this, pay cut this. It, it's it's been a complete utter cesspool. And as a baseball fan that's been a fan of the of the great sport of baseball for fifteen years, I've about had it with it. I I I I really 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 have had it. I I I can't I can't do it anymore. I'm done. I am done. I can't take it. I cannot take these billionaire owners that claim to be cash poor, but yet they're billionaire owners that own professional baseball teams. I, I I can't let I can't when you are a billionaire, and the political system with the president that we have in place that gave a tax cut to the top one percent, which includes these billionaire owners, mind you. And when the system in general is built for these guys, a lot of them, middle aged to older wealthy white men, I can't listen to them 
moan and groan, talk about I'm cash poor, I'm losing money. Well, hell, everybody's losing money. What do you expect? The only billionaire that ain't losing money is Jeff Bezos. I mean, and, and and whoever the people are in charge of uh, of of the Zoom company. Everybody's losing money. Big deal. But when the system is built for these billionaire owners to succeed, I can't listen to them more than grown and talk about their cash poor. Nonsense. And and again, if it's such a burden, if you all, if you're if you are the owner of the Pittsburgh Pirates, the Oakland A's, the Tampa Bay Rays, the Florida Marlins, if it's that much of a burden financially to own a team, sell the team. If it's that much of a financial burden, sell the team. Sell the team, cause I, I I can't I can't li- I can't listen to these guys. They got more sources of income that feeds into their pocketbooks than they can shake a stick at. I can't listen to the I can't listen to the owners talk about cash poor nonsense. Figure it out, you billionaires. Figure it out. And by the same token, I cannot listen. To the Bryce Harpers of the world, the Trevor Bowers of the world, the Christian Yelichs of the world, the Trevor Plouffe's of the world, the Trevor Mays, I'll get to him in a minute, of the world. I cannot listen to these players that make money hand over fist, especially the Bryce Harpers of the world. That signed a $330 million contract in the late winter, early spring of 2019. I cannot, under any circumstances, take him seriously talking about pay cuts when you're making $300 million in a 13-year contract. I can't do it. I, I, I can not listen to him or take him seriously. I can't. I, 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 I can't do it. Not when there's millions of Americans in droves unemployed because of the virus. Not to mention 115,000 Americans dead because of the virus. And oh, by the way, the country's been up in flames for the past three to four weeks because, once again, we have black people being killed at the hands, unarmed black people, I should say, being killed at the hands of the police. So I can't. There, There is bigger fish to fry, and we got more important, vital issues to worry about in America than whether or not Bryce Harper or Trevor Bauer has a decent-sized pay cut. I I, 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 I struggle with that. I really, 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 really struggle with that, especially when I got family members of my own 
that work in the health department, two of them that got jobs in hospitals who could easily contract the virus and take it home to their family. And one of them has young children, the oldest one, no older than the age of 10 years old. And God forbid one of them gets it and spreads it off to another. And we got a case where a family, where a family of five, three of them, two kid, two kids, and a parent is wiped out because of the virus. I I can't listen to these players. I can't. And don't sit up here and give me this garbage talking about well we're putting our health on the line. Nonsense. If these players were so hell bent on 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 uh, basically making sure that they're safe and sound and putting their health on the line, well, why in the hell did they suggest Major League Baseball to play a 114-game schedule? They could care less about the health. They don't give a crap about the health. It's about money. They play more games, they get more money, they get paid more. More money in their pockets. They're just as both sides, owners and the players, greedy. I can't listen when we're in the middle of a global pandemic and the country set on fire due to racial injustice, I can't listen to millionaires and billionaires, the majority of them white, bitch and moan about money. I can't do it. I can not do it. I have no sympathy for either of them. None. Bryce should make $330 million. Shut up and play. If they want to pay you $5 million to play 16 games, damn it, you take it. My goodness gracious. Every, these players, all they do is bitch and moan. Oh, my God. Hit your knees and thank the good Lord Jesus Christ that there's someone willing to pay you for Christ, for goodness sakes. I, 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 I can't take it. My, it's for one year. Swallow your pride and deal with it. And then the Players Association, Manfred looks like a complete, he's been a complete incompetent nincompoop throughout this entire process. The Players Association said, we are, we're not negotiating anything. They said this last weekend. Last weekend, last weekend, week before, they said, we're done negotiating. So they had Manfred with his tail in between his legs to fly to, to fly to Arizona to negotiate with Tony Clark. And they came, and both sides came out the meeting and it looked like we were making some progress and we potentially had a deal put in place. And then Tony Clark goes to his players or to Scott Boris or whoever. It was like, no. We don't want that. We're going to negotiate something else. Well, hold on now. You just told the league and everyone else that you're done negotiating. That is what they said. And because the players or Scott Boris, whoever doesn't like it, we tear it up. So, So essentially the meeting was a complete waste of time. You had Manfred reeling, they had the leverage, and they threw it away.
I don't want to hear any player talk about good of the sport and, and health concerns. That's a bunch of nonsense. All they want and all they care about is about the bot is their money. That's it. It's just as greedy as the owners. Both sides. Greedy is all get out. Manfred is incompetent. Clark is incompetent. The owners are greedy. The players are greedy. I cannot cry a river for these players getting paid millions of dollars to play a sport when there's millions of of uh, of uh, Americans in droves unemployed. I can't do it. Not today, not tomorrow, not next week, not next month. I can't do it. Then I had then I had Trevor May hitting me up on Twitter Friday morning. Says, well, what, what, what's the solution in your eyes? I told him. I said, May, I've heard enough talking from both sides to last a lifetime. Here's what I want you guys to do. Tell Boris to shut up and quit meddling in league and players and players associations business. That's that's not that's Boris is a player agent. He's the guy who thinks he should be the next commissioner of baseball. He's a player agent. Get the hell out. It ain't your damn business. Tell Boris to get out and get a better union head. He's powerless. Has no power whatsoever. None. And I, and, I, and I told Trevor May, formerly of the Minnesota Twins, I told him, you both sides met and they had a deal in place. They had a deal in place. Then he says, well, the second part was also not true. The deal that was being discussed was in any way, shape, or form a huge help for Manfred or agreed on. Well, hold on now, okay? Members of the media that are pro-player Pro player said that Manfred looked, among other things, looked like an ass, and was and and had his quote tail, as my boy Patrick Mawa put it, had his quote tail in between his legs going to Arizona. So if Trevor May doesn't think that Manfred, in any shape or form, t- took the L, as I put it, and going and going to Arizona, he ain't paying attention, and that's what I told him. I said he I said I said Trevor Manfred had to go to Clark. Clark didn't come to Manfred. Manfred went to Clark. He said I told him I said your side had a leg up against the league for once and you screwed it up somehow. And don't sit up and tell me well he said well the it was leaked to the media alluding alluding to that so this exact thing I guess of of the banter between the two wasn't happened. Well, 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 don't scream at me. Scream at ESPN. Scream at MLB. No one's sitting there and pick fights with me. And even if that was the case, the perception was given that you guys had some form of a deal or an agreement or close to a deal put in place. So how are you going to get mad at me? Don't shoot them. Shoot the messenger. Don't get at me. And he's like, again, what's the solution? 
Stay unemployed out of solidarity, out of solidarity with the $40 million or play for free. Or just do what they're told or what. I hear this argument constantly, but I don't but I don't know what people actually want. I said, Trevor, here's what I want. You guys will swallow your pride, play 60 games, and take a pay cut. It's just for one freaking season for crying out loud. And then he comes back and well, what would need to happen for the players not to be greedy? I said, stop negotiating over stupid crap. One side 170 and the other 160. Why can't you morons meet in the middle 65 and call it a night? Gee whiz. Cut the crap. So if it's about wanting to play and doing a good deed for the sport, be the bigger person, bite the bullet, and play. It's the one freaking season for crying out loud. My gosh. And he says, well, they can't take less prorated salary for reasons that's been mentioned over and over. The Maybe the owner should bite the bullet. But my response was, okay, you're not wrong. But But if it's really about doing what's good for the sport, and if it's really about you guys getting out on the field, somebody be the bigger man and break first. Ownership bite the bullet, players should bite the bullet. Damn it, somebody bite the bullet and get on the field and play. Guys have been bickering back and forth over money for the past two months and you've gone to essentially nowhere. This is the dumbest negotiation I've ever, ever seen. My goodness gracious. Quit negotiation over stupid crap. Bite the bullet and play. Because both sides come off as greedy, delusional, tone deaf, nincompoops. Owners are greedy, the players are greedy. Manfred's incompetent, Tony Clark is incompetent. Is I'm at the point where I, I really just don't give a damn anymore. I really don't. I, I, I don't care anymore. And if the players wonder why, you know, there's no youngsters showing up to the games because this is the la- because this was the last straw with, with baseball fans in the younger generation, which they are losing, by the way, then they're going to have to look back when it's 2025, 2030, and look back 5, 10 years ago to now, and be like, remember when you guys basically fought it around and wasted everybody's time bickering over money when there was a global pandemic going on? Remember that? My goodness gracious. Get on the field and play. Enough's enough. Quit wasting my time. Quit wasting the fans' time. It's enough. Millionaires and billionaires arguing over money when there's a global pandemic going on. Take a break. Be back with more of the Amatelica TIS podcast right after this.
Welcome back to Metallica TIA's podcast. Switching gears now, sticking with the sport of baseball, but I'm going to switch gears to the 30 for 30 documentary that came out, not Father's Day, but the Sunday before Father's Day. 30 for 30 documentary titled Long Gone Summer, uh, documenting the 1998 home run chase between uh, Chicago Cubs uh, Sammy Sosa and St. Louis Cardinals Mark McGuire give you a couple thoughts on that for a little bit. Um, first of all, overall, as a documentary, uh, I mean, from a person that wasn't alive, I mean, the people that were alive during the 98 home run chase, um, definitely, they did not like it for one, and number two, uh, it, it, they got it got a worse rating, so I'm not. It wasn't great. It wasn't Jordan documentary. It wasn't quality of you know Doc and Daryl or uh, or um, or uh, you know it wasn't it wasn't the best thirty for thirty ever made. One of the worst ones actually, to be quite honest with you. But if you would ask me to give it a letter grade, I'd give it. I'd give it a C minus. It was like a rating 71, 72, 73. Um, and a, a lot of people had issues with showing the home run reel um, of the home run chase, which I really didn't honestly have that big of an issue with. Um, as a person that was born four years later after the home run chase in 98, I was born in 2002. So, and I hadn't really... I mean, of course, I knew about the home run chase, but I didn't see many of, like, the home runs, you know, that was hit throughout that chase. I didn't realize that Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, also had a shot to break Maris's record that same season, but he fizzled out. I think in either June or July, Ken Griffey hit a slump, and he uh, and he made it him fizzling out uh, with uh, his poor home run production is what made it a two-man race between Sosa and McGuire. Um, and he actually was predicted to get that record at the beginning of the 98 season. And it's mentioned how, you know, baseball was in a struggle, uh, with the 94 strike and how it needed and how it basically needed a hero or heroes to save the sport. And of course, enter the steroid guys and, uh, the, and the home run chase of 98. It gives a uh, background of Mark McGuire's career. Um, from growing up being a pitcher in high school and in college, you know, it's being part of the Bash Brothers with uh, Canseco in Oakland and winning a championship in 1989, um, defeating the Giants. Um, so, I mean, but, uh, and Sosa, it kind of, it wasn't as um, descriptive and detailed with the backstory of his career as it was with McGuire. But um, but let me give you a couple things. Um, first of all, uh, Craig when they they showed uh, clips of back then when McGuire was in hot water of taking the drug called creatine, the guys that you cannot under any circumstances um, have have uh, talk about performance enhancing drugs and and PEDs and all that nonsense. Is Craig is is Craig Biggio, who didn't necessarily test positive for steroids, but if you look in the diff, if you look at the difference in stats, you can tell that he he juiced at one time of uh, at one time or another in in his career. And you also cannot uh and you also cannot under any circumstances get Brady Anderson to um 
to uh, to talk because you know because there because there may have may have not been some uh, uh, you know shadiness as far as his home run jump his uncharacteristic power surge back in the nineties uh, with uh, you know with talk about him using PEDs so, you know so those are two guys that aren't necessarily quote unquote steroid users but there you know but there's lots of suspicion that those two guys. Uh, did use steroids in their play. Um, it's a joke that in that game where uh, Maguire was like coming in close on that record that the umpire threw him out of game in the first inning. And that pitch was indeed a ball, you know. And I, I said this at infinitum. I said it when I screamed and yelled what's going on two years ago with the Serena fiasco at the U.S. Open. I said this with uh, I said this about I said this after uh, Saints Rams in the championship game. I said this after I said this back in October with Trey Turner and the runners interference. If you are an official in a game, whether it be tennis, football, basketball, or baseball, you got one assignment, and that is to keep yourself out of the game. No one pays the tickets. No one goes to the box office to pay the ticket and deal, you know, with gas money and, and you know, and charging for, and, the, and it pays uh, parking, uh, who pays for the parking, who, you know, deals with all the garbage that all the fans in any sport have to deal with, whether it be going to the U.S. Open, going to baseball games, going to football games. No one does that so they can sit there in their seat to uh to basically see an official or in baseball's case an umpire meddle and intervene in a game especially if there's if there's history to be had and history to be made behind it the the, the St. Louis Cardinals were were to say the least an average baseball team in 1998 average baseball team very average well let me see they they uh they were 83 and 79 that you know they were hovering around 500 for the majority of the season so it wasn't and everyone in their mother knew they had no shot at the playoffs they were there for one reason one reason only to see Mark McGuire that's why and you heard a couple of of fan stories of how you know people barely sitting down in their seat and Mark McGuire is ejected out the ball game over over a horse crap call that was made by the umpire because that pitch was a ball, and they and that umpire ejects him injects him ejects him excuse me in the first inning of a, of a of a game. I mean really now. So that 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 was an absolute joke. And if I was on some sort of a radio station and was alive back in 1998, I would have screamed and yelled about that for five hours because that that that's a disgrace. Um, speaking of a disgrace, Mark McGuire kissing up to the mayor's family is is tough is uh nauseating and disgraceful too knowing good damn well he was shooting whether it was pills or or needles whatever it was knowing good and full well that he was cheating and essentially stealing the record from roger maris by taking steroids i mean that 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 that's a joke and then it's for him to sit up there and 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 pat and patronize and kiss up and be all nicey nice with the Maris family. That that's the way he's knowing good and damn well what he's doing behind the scenes, taking steroids. And then on top of the fact he's sitting up here in the documentary saying, Well, I took steroids to help you with the injury, but it does uh, no 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 no. Mark, okay. Part of the greatness of a record is that is is being healthy and longevity and consistency. 
Okay, you can't sit up here and say, "Well, it was just it was just for injuries," and that's not going to fly. Part of having a record is the day in day out consistency and the ability to stay healthy for you to break that record. So I I don't I don't want to hear none of that nonsense. And but but and then the and then Sammy Sosa you know wonders why the Cubs want nothing to do with him until he comes clean. But then Sammy Sosa in the same breath. You know, it's like, well, everyone else was doing it, so was he going to attack me because he had the home run record? Well, yes, I mean, that's typically how it works. When 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 there's a whole group of people, you know, doing steroids, and one of them ends up, you know, having having a monumental historic record next to his name, and it was and they did it illegitimately, then that's then that's going to be an issue. And then, and I want to hear the garbage Sammy Sosa said. Well, it wasn't illegal at the time. But I mean, Sammy, if you have any, if you have any idea of morals and 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 good uh, virtues as, as a human being, you realize that cheating or essentially taking the easy way out to get to a record is wrong. Okay, Roger Maris did that on pure strength alone, and I don't want to hear any of this garbage. You know that guys playing in the nineteen sixties, nineteen fifties, you know, in forties and thirties were taking steroids. That's nonsense. That's just. Good old classic all American pure superhuman strength. Okay, so, so I don't want to hear any of this garbage. Or how did you know that they weren't taking steroids? Hey, come on now, the, the the medical field wasn't exactly as advanced, uh, wasn't wasn't as advanced then as it is now. I mean, let, let's 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 be fair. Okay, I mean, be, I mean back when Roger back when Roger Maris played. If you, if you had polio, you were going to die. Okay, <laughs> now now if, if you now are you, now if you're a child and you're born, you get a you get a polio vaccine within the few first few weeks you're born onto this planet. You know, FDR, who was president in the 1950s, had polio and you know wheelchair bound and passed away. Anyone anyone in 2020 gets polio, you know, it's not it's not going to be the end of the world. So don't sit up here and let anybody sit up here and sell you this garbage, or excuse me, sell you this garbage about, uh, well, how did you know? They weren't, okay? It's never been proven. There's never been any rumors. And the medical field and science was not that advanced back in the, back in the 60s, 50s, 40s, and, and, and 30s. I mean, yeah. Hell, America had a, had had bigger issues scientifically of getting man to walk on the moon, let alone finding a way for Roger Maris to stick steroid needles or or to, or to swallow a, a a steroid pill so he so he can have a, a Major League Baseball all-time single-season home run record. I mean, give me a break. So Sammy Sosa, you know, well everyone else was doing it. Two wrongs don't make a right, Sammy. And and last time I checked, all those other hundreds of, hundreds of guys don't you know don't have Roger Maris's you know National League uh, single season home run record. You do. Two wrongs don't make a right. And he says apparently one is why the Cubs want nothing to do with them because because you cheated the sport and you ruined the record books. As, as Bob Costas said, their records and stats are inauthentic and flawed. They they did not earn those records legally and truthfully and morally. 
And I don't like how the documentary basically got to the steroids, you know, in the last 15 to 25 minutes. No, no. steroids should have been a major, especially for the baseball fan that requires being in awe of the home run chase in 98. They should have went far more in depth into the steroids than they did. Besides, you know, McGuire with the creatine and and pounding on and and pouncing on Barry Bonds for five minutes. Barry Bonds had nothing to do with the home run, but I don't even think Bonds was taking steroids yet in '98. It was the chase between Sosa and McGuire. Bonds got jealous and he stuck up all the steroids back, you know, at the turn of the century, 2000, 2001, 2002, and then that's. When Barry Bonds started taking steroids, Barry Bonds was not injecting himself or taking pills with steroids in 1998. That that didn't come that didn't come until the turn of the new millennium. He wasn't taking steroids back then. So why they had to give us Barry Bonds for five minutes when he had absolutely nothing to do with the home run chase, I I will never understand. When they got two guys on there. One that's still stuck in denial 22 years later that sees nothing wrong with taking steroids. And then another that said, well, yeah, I took them for injuries. Well, look, hold on now. And it, and it lied, lied all that time, lied to Congress, lied to everything, you know. And then came out 10 years later, you know, and, 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 and cried a river to Bob Costas so a major league team would hire him as a hitting coach. I mean, really now? Really? Anything else I forgot? Uh, no, that's it. I got everything. All right. Take a break. Come right back. I'm a TIS podcast right after this. Standing there, with silver bracelets on her wrists and flowers. 
She walked up to me so gracefully and took my crown of thorns. Come in, she said, I'll give you shelter from the storm. There's a wall between us, something that's been lost. I took too much for granted, I got my signals crossed. Just to think that it all began on a non-eventful morn. Come in, she said, I'll give you shelter from the storm. Welcome back to Metallica TIS podcast. Switching gears now, I got uh, something I want to get on the board here quickly. Um... Sports should go on, um, and primarily speaking, the NBA should go on. You know, if if they can get on the field, if they can get everybody tested, if they can basically keep everyone ostracized from society, or excuse me, I should not, I shouldn't use that word, isolated. That's the word. If they can keep everybody isolated from the rest of society, can keep them safe, can keep them as healthy as best they can, can keep them tested, can keep them monitored around the clock 24-7, the sports should go on. And I'm not just saying that from my own selfish ambition as a sports fan who does a sports talk uh, podcast show. Um, it, sh- it should go on, you know, if the players are willing to play and if they're willing to go down there, they go down there. And I know there's been a lot of talk, well, the NBA players shouldn't go, you know, because they got stuff to worry about with, uh, with social justice and Black Lives Matter and all that sort of stuff. And, uh, and I disagree with that because, A, these players do Black Lives Matter stuff, especially they do it all the freaking time. It's not like that it's George Floyd and a lot of these players have, you know, has been hashtag woke now. They, they, they've been fighting the good fight for quite a for quite a long time now. And, you know, and it's not like, and you can't basically, you can't essentially quit your job. You know, well, we can't, they shouldn't be able to play until, you know, until uh, change happens. Well, do you realize how long they're going to, these NBA players are going to be without playing? According to that logic, you know, is racism, you know, ending systemic racism and ending police brutality in America is not going to happen. You know, is not an issue that can be solved by essentially putting off your job and marching and marching and and speaking out on on social media around the clock. And it, it can't be solved. And it can't be, and it can't end like that overnight, or in a week, or in a month, or two months, three months, five months, eight months, a year, two years. It, it's it's a, it's a process. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. So the idea that these players should essentially blow off their responsibilities to their teammates and to the and to their prospective teams that they play for, I disagree with. Because a, they sign a contract. You sign a contract. You got to honor the contract and go out and play. Two, it ain't like they're going to be gone. A lot of these teams won't be gone very long anyway. You know, they'll go down there in mid-July and they'll be back. You know, they'll be back. They'll be back at the end of August with some of these teams. It's only a handful of teams that will essentially be cooped up in Orlando until until the middle of October and Columbus Day. So it ain't like it's not like that. All the teams that's going down there are going to be cooped up there essentially till Thanksgiving Day. Most of these, most of the players on these teams are coming right back. You know they'll be down there for for a three week to a month period, and they'll be coming right back. 
you know, and 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 the NBA, and if there's anything the NBA does well is that they uh, stand hand in hand, arm in arm with their players and help and help uh, bringing about awareness for uh, for um uh, for for change as far as systemic racism and social justice in America and stuff like that is concerned. So it ain't. Excuse me. It's not like it's Major League Baseball, the NFL, where you know that it's a, that's a tricky spot. NBA has absolutely no problems with the commissioner. Uh, the commissioner has no problems. He condones it. He approves of it. He encourages it. So it's not like the NBA players. I mean, the idea that the NBA player will get down to Orlando and all of a sudden forget about George Floyd and Black Lives Matter is a, is a bunch of hogwash. The player is not going to go down to Orlando and forget about what's going on in his backyard. But at the same time, these players are professional. They're professional athletes. You know, the their first occupation is being professional basketball players, is being professional athletes. I mean, because because if because if it, because LeBron if LeBron James wasn't the player he is on the court, LeBron James wouldn't be the uh, the uh, civil rights activist and the uh, and and the uh, and the leader for uh, change in America that he is today. You know. And, the whole reason why these players have the platforms to speak out like they do is because of what they do in their field of expertise, which is sports. You know, and and if if LeBron James wants to play, you're going to play. I could give a crap about what Kyrie Irving, the same Muppet that thinks the Earth is flat, that thinks that you know the moon landing was done. A stu- you know, of all these asinine conspiracy theories that he believes in. I again. If LeBron James doesn't want to go to Orlando, ah, now you got something. But if LeBron James is willing to, you know, to basically suck it up and go to Orlando for a couple months, then the rest of the players have to too. You know, and Kyrie Irving is just mad because the team, because the NBA is like, you'll take up a space. You know, there's only a certain amount of team personnel that we can have down in Orlando altogether. And Kyrie Irving is mad because you know he's injured and obviously chose not to play, so he can't take, so he can't take up a space. So he's basically taking the uh, pathetic, the pathetic eight-year-old on the children's playground route, saying, "Well, fine, if I can't play, then nobody plays." So what does he do? He talks out of his ass and basically says that no NBA player should go down there, citing the citing you know, Black Lives Matter and and protesting as his source of reason with no plan to speak of whatsoever. And then sits there and says, "Well, fine, we'll start our own league." Which again. Anything that Kyrie Irving says out of his mouth is one ear and out the other, okay? That is one player that, you know, if he told me that, uh, you know, if, if, if he told me that the world would end in, you know, it would end in uh, tomorrow, I'd, I'd laugh in his face and, t- and tell him to piss off. I mean, I wouldn't listen to anything Kyrie Irving tells me, whether, whether it be what's the weather going to be like tomorrow politics, and I, I, I wouldn't trust or listen to anything that Kyrie Irving says as far as I can throw him. He, 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 he's a clown, okay? When you believe the earth is flat with all this technology that we have out here and thinks that Christmas Day is just a regular, ordinary day where people just exchange gifts and call it a day, you know, and thinks the moon landing, you know, happened in a studio, I, I, I can't listen to Kyrie Irving sit up here and talk about starting our own league or players should boycott and decide not to go because they got bigger issues to fry. That, in theory, he's right on that. But what are we all supposed to do? We're all supposed to essentially blow off our jobs 
you know, blow off our jobs to, you know, to, 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 uh, to fight the good fight and end systemic racism. That again, Rome was not built overnight. This isn't something that you can basically wave a magic wand, pixie dust, you know, flies off of it, and boom, all of a sudden the world's changed for the greater good. It doesn't work that way. It's a process, it's a marathon, it's not a sprint. You know, and at the end of the day, player, you know, players got to put food on the table for their families, roof over the head, and keep the electricity on, among with among other things, with you know, paying the cell phone bills. You know the the uh, you know paying the cell phone bills, uh, you know mortgage on the house, you know and uh, you know f- f- and keep fuel handy for their private <laughs> for their private uh, plane, you know and uh, and keep up maintenance on their on their uh, on their uh, on their mega mansion. You know the pl- players got big you know and and in LeBron's case making sure that his uh, that his foundation and his I promise school uh, in Ohio doesn't uh, go doesn't go bankrupt with no kids in school so you know so they a the now granted the players are paid you know paid the majority of, of their salary for the season but still players and mga personnel need need that paycheck players want to play especially lebron comp- trying to compete for a championship and and, and the sports fan you know need, need needs their nba basketball and again it's like that every you know and it's unrealistic to think that everyone basically puts down what they're doing to basically end systemic racism, you know, in America. When, you know, when people's needs, you know, when people's needs have to be met, bills have to be paid and this, that and the other. It's, it's, it's unrealistic to, to think that way. And in a perfect world, yes, but pe- people, people got to still carry on and live their live, live their lives as normal as they can with the pandemic still going on. You know, we we played sports after nine eleven. You know, in Baltimore they played after Freddie Gray. You know, they um. You know, the Angels, the Angels, and the Dodgers played after Rodney King. The Orioles played after uh, Dr. King was assassinated in sixty eight. You know, plenty of you know, the the Saints played after Katrina. You know, life. I know. You know, life's life's hard, and you know, life's difficult, and life throws uh, life-altering curveballs at you. But life has to and must go on. You know, you you can't you can't stay stuck. You can't. You know, I'm, I'm, you can't. You can't. You know, and and there and there, and there are other play and there are other you know. Uh, NBA personnel, other than the players and the coaches, that need the NBA to play in order for you know in order for uh, in order for them to maintain their current quality of life. ESPN needs the NBA to play. You know the uh, the Tao guy, the athletic trainer, needs the NBA to play. Uh, the guy that you know the equipment manager needs the NBA to play. There are a lot of other people involved, other than players and coaches, that need the NBA to play in order for them to uh, to put food on the table and to get the electric bill paid. And again, one more time with Kyrie Irving. Anything he says out of his mouth, one ear and out the other. I wouldn't listen or trust, let alone pick Kyrie Irving to be on my basketball team if he was the last player in America. I wouldn't pick him. Because he's an absolute head case and whatever comes out of his mouth is an absolute complete complete waste of time and energy.
wouldn't 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 give him the time of day if my life depended on it. He 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 he's a clown. I'm sorry, he's a clown. Take a break. Wrap up the program right after this. Welcome back to my Tell Like a, like a T.I.S. podcast. Good show today. Touched on the baseball, long gone summer, and the negotiations between the Players Association and Major League Baseball. I give Trevor Plouffe credit going back to the top of the program. Um, after we went back and forth on uh, Twitter, which I didn't expect him to do, and it's all because I gave a comment because he was on my man Patrick Mawa. His show on Thursday night on SiriusXM, Mad Dog Express Radio Channel 82. And I gave a comment because uh, the uh, network Twitter account tweeted out a soundbite of his thing. And I basically said, well, the, these players are greedy and full of crap, yada, yada, yada. Led to the discussion on uh, on uh, Friday afternoon. And at the end of the conversation, you know, to his credit, he said, he said, um, he we agreed on a common ground saying that they're, that enough of the basically of the back and forth get something done. He said, I'm tired. Appreciate your willingness to answer my questions, though. Um, which, you know, which was a good job by to him. Uh, I, di- I didn't expect for him to, you know, for him to reply back to my tweet. Because, you know, I tweet, you know, a comment every now and again on stuff. And very rarely do I get, you know, the person that's being, you know, that's the subject of the tweet to reply uh back every now and again it happens but not that often uh you know trevor may respond to so i said well you know what i've i've never been a person to know him to back down from anyone who disagrees disagrees with me or back down from an argument or a debate or a dispute you know so he went back and forth in a nice respectful uh twitter debate that went on um between the two of us and i appreciated that he uh you know that he engaged in conversation with me. He appreciated me willing to listen and to answer his questions. So it's a good job by Trevor May, and I, I disagree with him wholeheartedly. But I, you know, but that was, I'm glad that, that happened. And I guess in a way, we 
kind of earned it, earned each other's respect, which was kind of nice. Um, on Thursday night, on the 18th, was the seven-year anniversary of the 2013 NBA Finals Game 6 between the Spurs and the Heat. Of course, that's the famous Ray Allen uh, uh, game-tying three-point shot at the end of the fourth quarter that the, uh, the Heat tied the game, took the game into overtime, and took the series to a game seven um that was on that's on the nba's youtube channel in case any of you all want to check that out and i watched that on thursday night just a couple of tidbits me watching the game um lebron had a very 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 inconsistent game he stunk in the first i mean he stunk in the first three quarters of the game he had a total of 14 points shot three for shot three for 12 from, from the field he had an absolutely horrendous first half and third quarter. I mean, a total of 14 points. And then, and then the fourth quarter hits, and he goes off. You know, with 528 left in the fourth quarter, he had 10 points and was shooting five for six. So, you know, so he, he had a terrible first three quarters, played excellent to, to bring the heat back leading up to about more than the halfway point in the fourth quarter. And then within the last two minutes, specifically the last 60 seconds of the game, LeBron turned the ball over on back-to-back possessions in that fourth quarter. He got the ball stole from him, and he had an errant pass. Or, no, he had an errant pass, and I think he threw the ball out of bounds, if my memory serves me correctly. So he had a very, very, very inconsistent game. He he had an excellent fourth quarter for about a for about ten to eleven minutes, and the last you know two minutes, minute and a half, sixty seconds of that fourth quarter, boy, did he spit the bit and and uh, not show up to the occasion. Like I said, turn the ball over back 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 to back possessions in the last minute of the game and missed the game tying three that Bosch had to rebound and kick out to Allen. He missed that shot. And it wasn't like it rattled in and out. He bricked it. He had a very, very I don't I don't ever recall watching the game live, but he had a but rewatching the game from start to finish on Thursday night, he had a very, very, very inconsistent up and down game. Stunk in the first three quarters, set the game on fire for the majority of the fourth quarter, and then down the stretch, he you know he spit up the joint again. And then and then Ray Allen bailed him out with the clutch with the clutch uh, three point shot, which wouldn't have happened if Kawhi Leonard. Missed his first free throw when he got fouled prior to that heat possession. He went one for two on his free throws, and for whatever the reason, Tim Duncan was off the floor. You know, and, and if Tim Duncan is on the floor, Chris Bosh does not get that rebound to kick out to Allen. Chris Bosh was the, was essentially the only big man standing on the court and got an easy rebound that I could have gotten and kicked it out and kicked it out to Allen for the game tying shot. And of course, James. And then of course, James missed the, missed the three prior to Bosch get prior to Bosch getting the rebound. But I, but I did not realize how up and down and how inconsistent in the game, uh, uh, LeBron James was. Stunk in the first three quarters, came back, proved his moxie to begin the fourth, and for the majority of the fourth quarter, and in the last 90, 90, 75, 60 seconds of that game, was awful. Missed the tying three prior to Allen's shot and turned the ball over back-to-back possessions. Again, if, if, if you're one of the brainless 
not brainless, but if you're one of the, you know, clueless souls out there that think that LeBron James is still the greatest basketball player of all time over Jordan, go watch that game. That that was not a quote-unquote goat-worthy performance. It was not. Okay. Jordan, when Jordan screwed up, he was tired, winded, you know, playing baseball and wasn't exactly in basketball shape. Okay. You see tired in Jordan. LeBron was not tired. He was just flat out awful. And we also got Evan Cohen of uh program reminder for uh Saturday for this uh, for the episode coming up this weekend on Saturday that Evan Cohen of uh co-host of Sirius XM Mad Dog Sports Radio's Morning Men weekday mornings from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Mad Dog Sports Radio Channel 82. He will be on the show. Uh, he will be on the next program this weekend and and later this week because I forgot. Of course, there was no show this past week, but this week, keep uh, it out in the next couple days. Look out for it around close to Wednesday. I'll have an episode, the debut of Everything Wrong with Major League Baseball. Uh, so stay for it. New series. Um, same host, same guy. Uh, not much is going to change, but I'm instead of you know treating it as if it's like a sports talk, you know, radio uh, format. I'm going to treat it more as like finding a subject, you know, like YouTubers do, you know, finding something and keying in on that point and basically making an episode out of it. So stay tuned for that later in the week. Look out for it around Wednesday or Thursday. So uh, anyway, good program. Uh, here today um if you like what you heard and get the music yeah that you got the music going uh if you like what you heard subscribe to the i'm telling tell you podcast on apple podcast google podcast spotify and more follow the show on twitter at i'm tell underscore it tis follow your boy on twitter at the j shield talk to you later this week on everything wrong with and talk to you next weekend with evan cohen talk to you next time S- take care Stay safe.